crowd of the news cycle these days can be relentless. Let us help you with that. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings, host of The Big Story, Canada's most interesting daily news podcast. Every day, we stop that news cycle in its tracks and examine one big story in depth, something that matters to Canadians. You can find The Big Story every morning for free at Frequency Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Find your frequency. One of Joe Biden's first actions as President of the United States, was to cancel the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. After four topsy-turvy years with Donald Trump, Canada is reportedly on track for some early upset from Joe Biden as well. And we have breaking news literally right now. The newly inaugurated U.S. President Joe Biden has now officially revoked the permit needed to build the Keystone XL pipeline. I've been against Keystone from the beginning. It is tar sands that we don't need, that in fact is very, very high pollutant. And one of Alberta Premier Jason Kenney's first reactions to Biden taking office was to get really, really mad about that. This is a gut punch for the Canadian and Alberta economies. Sadly, it is an insult directed at the United States' most important ally and trading partner. As I speak, over 2,000 women and men have lost their jobs or are heading home from good-paying union jobs as a result of this decision. I don't mean to joke about Jason Kenney's anger. Alberta had a lot of money invested in this pipeline. They were counting on it for a lot of jobs. It's no wonder Kenny was angry. But considering that the premier of a Canadian province's anger is unlikely to shake the resolve of the new leader of the free world, maybe it is fair to ask, okay, so what is Alberta's plan B? Pipelines like Keystone XL are clearly an endangered species. The business world is slowly moving away from oil and gas. The federal government currently seems disinclined to lobby Joe Biden on Alberta's behalf, and our superpower neighbor next door is talking about investing in a green economy. So given all that, where does Alberta go next? And when they get there, will it still be Jason Kenney leading them? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Jason Markasoff is the Alberta correspondent for McLean's Magazine. He joins us to try to explain uh, what happens now. Hello, Jason. Wish me luck. Hi. So in the couple of weeks now uh, since Joe Biden has taken office and immediately canceled the Keystone XL permit, how has Alberta reacted? Not well, as could be expected, I suppose is the way I'd put it. You know, Jason Kenney got elected with a three word slogan, not a phrase, a three word slogan, jobs, economy, pipelines. Um, pipelines was the big punctuation point on that. And it's been mm. a big issue for Al the Alberta, Alberta government and the Alberta economy for a long time, uh, that we don't have this big glut of oil sands and uh, oil we're producing and uh, nowhere really to ship it or no way to ship it out of there. Um, that's been a big drag on Alberta oil prices and bitumen prices for quite a while now. 
Keystone XL has been in the works for basically a decade now uh, since they applied for this project as TransCanada Energy. It's been so long that they're no longer called TransCanada, they're called TC Energy. Canada became less of an en vogue term to use in oil names. Hmm. And this this has become the kind of the poster child, the original poster child for environmental activism and pushback against uh, oil industry through pipelines. Uh the Americans have been pushing back on this uh, from the left for quite a while. Uh, Obama killed it in 2015. He decided to uh, not allow a permit. Donald Trump brought it back in 2017. And it was uh, no surprise to almost anybody that uh, Biden was going to kill it in, uh, in 2021 uh, once he got inaugurated. And yet it uh, was portrayed as a major disappointment and huge letdown for the Alberta government and to some extent for Canada. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask uh, if Obama killed this thing once already, um, and it's really unpopular with the American left. Why didn't it seem like we were more prepared for this? You know, I played a clip uh, in the intro of Kenny reacting on the day of Biden's inauguration, but surely as soon as it became clear he won, this was coming mm, down the pipeline. There was an optimism and almost, I'd say, an idealism uh, about how a Biden administration might act. Uh, people knew well the, the history and the baggage that this project had, that it was killed by Obama when Joe Biden was the vice president, right. of course. And uh, this had become this iconic uh, push um, for the environmental movement. It, it, it had that totemic uh, status. And yet there were people uh, within the Canadian government and especially the Alberta government who thought they could craft an argument uh, through which this would work. Uh, and that had several layers to it. One uh, was the fact that there were many union jobs in America um, and in Canada uh, on the go for this. There were It was going to produce jobs at a time when jobs are really scarce and these economies need these construction and industrial and infrastructure jobs. And they were hoping that would appeal to the uh, lunch bucket union uh, leanings of Joe Biden and his administration. There was also an argument that this was not the same project and the Alberta oil sands were not the same oil sands that they were in 2015 when this project was rejected by Obama or before uh, 2015, uh, back when there was much less of an issue of uh, oil sands uh, cleaning up their act like there is now. Um, Al the Alberta oil sands have uh, worked their best to uh, lower the carbon intensity and the carbon footprint of their projects and they were going uh tc energy the company that was going to build this pipeline was talking about making their project carbon zero carbon neutral net zero uh through various means the actual um pipeline construction itself not the oil flowing through it um and there was also even a talk of uh giving uh indigenous communities uh which oppose this uh quite often in the states uh some equity stake in it so there were various ways uh the uh, the Canadians uh, and Albertans thought they could thread the needle and make this an appeal, appealing project, maybe make it some kind of package deal with other green initiatives that uh, that Canada and, and uh, Biden would go through uh, jointly. Uh, but the legacy of this project, the baggage of this project in the States, the politics uh, surrounding this a whole saga from Obama to Trump to Biden uh, made it... Uh, an easy win for uh, for Biden to uh, kill, despite all the uh, positives that this project could have given, uh, ostensibly. 
So how big a deal is this um, in straight economics terms? You mentioned it had been in the works for a decade. Do we have an idea of the amount of money sunk here? Um, you mentioned jobs. How many are not now coming to Alberta? They must have been counting on this for a lot. There was a lot a, a lot going for this job in terms of the, the economy. Uh, there were 2,000 construction jobs. Uh, we're talking a lot of jobs in small town eastern uh, Alberta, uh, where the oil activity is not doing great, where, uh, these hard hit towns that have been really suffering, uh, under, uh, the, uh, the decline of the pipeline sector, the Alberta government was talking about $30 billion in, in revenue. Um, and that's just for the pipeline. That's just through the pipeline itself, the oil mm. flowing through it, um, and the opportunity to flow more oil through it, of course, was the big boon for our pipeline, as it is for any of the pipelines that have uh, lived or died or uh, been proposed and killed um, or maybe still fledgling uh, since then. Oil is much cheaper to flow through a pipeline than it is to, say, transport on train or on trucks, which are some of the other methods uh, they're using to transport oil. So uh, this, these are you know better profit margins for, uh, for companies' ability to invest it in, in other projects, which employ more people. Um, that's always the, the, the cycle and the ideal of, of oil. It also helps uh, lift the Alberta oil price, which helps, uh, helps Alberta produce more energy. Uh, so there were those multipliers. But, but all that said, this was not the make or break project that it might have been in the past. Um, Alberta needs more pipeline capacity. Well, despite this uh, setback with Keystone XL, Alberta is going to be getting more pipeline capacity. There's another project, Enbridge's Line 3, an existing pipeline uh, to the Midwest uh, from Alberta that's going to be expanded uh, and where the permits are mostly through. It's just, this pipeline has a pretty good chance of succeeding despite some pushback. Uh, there's also the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion, the TMX one. That's the one that the Alberta, sorry, the federal government uh, bought under Trudeau for $7 billion and construction is underway on that. There's still some pushback and some protest in British Columbia, but uh, they're pretty confident they can get that online by, by late next year. Um, and a lot of the economics of uh, oil, given where demand has uh, started to fall uh, with the pandemic and even, you know, and looking forward uh, with a more carbon constrained uh, world. Economists say there might actually not actually be the need for Keystone XL and for Line 3 and for TMX. So if this one falls, as long as the other two are good to go, Alberta is uh, going to be okay. But of course, you know, you don't like to lose one because another one may fall off the uh, fall off the rails. It's hard to put any certainty or any confidence in betting on uh, pipelines to succeed these days. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about beyond this pipeline is, you know, it's been hailed um, on the left that this cancellation is, you know, one of the last pipelines uh, that's going to be a net new pipeline that's going to be built. And I don't know the answer to that, but is, is this part of a trend? Is this a sign of things to come? Or is this, you know, Joe Biden made a campaign promise to people who voted for him, so he kept it. Well, in terms of there being major new pipelines, um, given that where oil demand might be going uh, in the future, there may not be a big rush to put more pipelines forward. The last time Keystone XL died in 2015, that was around the time that TransCanada started really touting its Energy East pipeline, this uh, big pipeline project from Alberta to, to New Brunswick through Ontario and Quebec uh, to take an old uh, natural gas pipeline and start running uh, bitumen through it. And 
that, you know, that went away in part because of politics, in part because of the economics of it. We're not hearing about that from TC Energy now. And I think part of that is just that the demand isn't quite there the same way. In terms of uh, what the left might be doing and what the future is, uh, this is something that Jason Kenney is, uh, is tipping at. And this could be a growing uh, tension between uh, oil economies and uh, environmentalists. It's the push to shut down other pipelines. Uh, there is pressure for uh, Biden to act somehow against Line 3. There's also uh, a major pipeline, Enbridge's Line 5, which goes through Michigan en route to Sarnia, the refineries at Sarnia, to, f- to support uh, oil demands in Ontario. And uh, Michigan is trying to uh, trying to eliminate their permits. Uh, and that's a big, big uh, international fight between uh, Canada and U.S. that's kind of bubbling under. But uh, if, if an existing pipeline... Uh, is next uh, that could create uh, huge problems for Alberta and well Ontario as well. The news cycle these days can be relentless. Let us help you with that. I'm Jordan Heath Rawlings, host of The Big Story, Canada's most interesting daily news podcast. Every day, we stop that news cycle in its tracks and examine one big story in depth. Something that matters to Canadians. You can find The Big Story every morning for free at Frequency Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Find your frequency. So given the current volatility of all this stuff and, you know, the move towards green energy and green economies, um, but still the need for oil and gas, obviously, is Alberta working on a plan B? That's what I'm trying to understand about what's going on out there is, you know, it seems like... Every time we talk to somebody about environmental issues, they talk about the huge opportunities uh, out west for a green economy. And every time we talk to somebody from Alberta, the constant push is oil and gas. It's going to be hard for any government to uh, turn the entire ship of the Alberta economy away from oil. First of all, the demand is still there for oil and will be for a few decades yet. You know, even if... uh, if, if everybody follows through on these plans to eliminate uh, new gas combustion vehicles in favor of electrics by 2035, there's still all those other cars on the market. There's still all those planes and so much other demand for oil. Oil demand isn't going to uh, completely go away anytime soon. Um, Jason Kenney's government certainly internalizes that, uh, that reality and that rhetoric. Um, so while they are making some moves, uh, and they've been increasingly doing it since last, last spring when the oil economy crashed again and with the pandemic and other supply issues. Um, they've been making some ver- various steps uh, with help of the federal government, uh, looking at hydrogen, energy, uh, that's an, can be an offshoot of natural gas, geothermal, small nuclear, a lot of energy about wind and solar. Um, are all those sectors going to replace uh, the hundreds of thousands of jobs uh, in the oil sector? Uh, not any time quick. Uh, it's it's a very hard thing for Alberta to figure out a, a way to seamlessly, um, without any major disruption and major pain, uh, shift an entire economy. And I don't think you could say this government is uh, really thinking about that uh, that full transition uh, with any seriousness, uh, because they don't really want to give up just yet on uh, on squeezing every last drop out of the soil economy. How is that playing? for Kenny politically, standing up so hard for oil and gas and standing up for the pipelines? 
I think we're starting to see an increasing split between not only rural and progressive, this you know the end what base the NDP has, which is bigger than it used to be, but still not a dominant uh, sector within Alberta, uh, but almost the ur- the rural urban uh, split, which kind of goes along the conservative progressive lines, but not quite. There are those who really believe in Kenny's message that we need to protect the oil sector. Let's stand up for it against the big bad greenies, the foreign-funded environmentalists, and the green pieces of the world. Um, let's make sure we preserve those good jobs that gave Alberta its boom. Let's bring back the Alberta advantage. There are those who believe that, and he's, you know, he is making a good effort to fight for those, vo- be the voice of those people, be the voice of the the existing and. Uh, industry, I guess you could call it in media terms, the legacy industry of Alberta. And then there's a growing number of people who realize that the good times, the booms are not coming back, that there is about 30% vacancy in Calgary offices right now, and we're going to have to find some other way to fill those. Um, There are organizations and movements looking at, uh, you know, serious pivot toward the tech sector and other sectors. Um, Even Jason Kenney's government has started to put some money into that, uh, not as much as some of the money they've put into uh, uh, incentives for oil, and even $1.5 billion in equity for this failed pipeline, uh, money that's basically now a loss, or almost a write-off for the Alberta government, it seems. Uh, but there, there is some movement, uh, not a lot, and uh, Jason Kenney is going to disappoint those people who uh, want more serious look at transition and diversification of our economy. Uh, but for that conservative and rural base that really wants to keep this economy, this energy economy afloat, keep it vibrant and keep a future in it, people are going to be happy that he's uh, still swinging for it. Can he continue uh, to swing for this pipeline in particular? This is the same thing uh, that Obama did, right? It's just canceling a permit and then Trump can reinstate the permit. Could this still go the other way? It's abundantly hard to see how this goes the other way. Um, it seems that the federal government, which was you know pr- trying to push this along those same lines I was arguing before, trying to thread that needle, talk about the environmental goodness of this uh, oil sands pipeline project. There was an effort to do that before. Uh, once Biden made his decision and made it a, f- a day one priority, an executive action, an easy win for him, uh, the federal government decided to cut their losses. Uh, Jason Kenney hasn't. Um, he's been talking about, you know, maybe we should even retaliate with economic sanctions. We should fight for compensation for the parts of the oil pipeline that we've already built. There's been parts of it built, including the part that crosses the border between Canada and the U.S., although much of it on either side is still was still to be completed. It's it's weird to hear such a free trader like Jason Kenney talking about sanctions, and it's kind of easy for him to talk about them in that in this way because Alberta doesn't apply international sanctions on countries because it's not a country. Right. Um, he knows that this is a lobby. This is an argument that you know he's going to push, and that it's something that Justin Trudeau or probably even a conservative prime minister would never implement, never get into a trade war about something like like this. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely something that you know shows his uh, shows people in Alberta that he's still fighting for oil sands, still fighting for pipelines. Um, he you know there could be a push. This, these, there's talk of lawsuits under under US, USMCA, the former NAFTA, um, to try to recoup some of the money that was. Pl- 
put into this. Uh, there's fight there, but there's also like there's that po that that political push to show that you made the good try, that you're not letting this go, that you're still frustrated, um, that you're not going to quit on this. You know, are we? Do we hear Jason Kenney talking about this every day right now? No, but is he going to uh, keep bringing it up and keep citing it as a sore spot in Canada-U.S. relations and with uh, Alberta-Ottawa relations? Absolutely. And in the meantime, how long until the next Alberta election? We got two years come May for the next Alberta election. There are a whole bunch of other things that uh, is uh, are, are, are dogging Kenny, including this $1.5 billion loss. Um, the challenges of bringing back this economy, the deficit, his COVID reaction, various other stumbles. Um, it's been a rough patch for Jason Kenny. You know, we'll see how, how fresh memories are of this pipeline. Who knows? Maybe there will be two more, two extra pipelines, uh, in the ground and operating by, uh, 2023, um, that he can cite as progress. Uh, but, uh, I don't think we'll be talking about Keystone XL much, uh, come 2023, except in the, uh, bitter rearview mirror. Thanks, Jason, for explaining to us how people out there see it. We miss that sometimes. Oh, my pleasure. Jason Markasoff of McLean's. That was The Big Story. For more, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can find all our previous episodes there. You can also talk to us on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn. Pipelines, huge topic on Twitter. People love them. You can, of course, email us if you want to keep your opinions just between you and me. It's the Big Story Podcast, all one word, all lowercase, at rci.rogers.com. And you can make your opinions very public by rating and reviewing this podcast wherever you get it on Apple and Google and Stitcher and Spotify and every other podcast platform in existence. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow. The news cycle these days can be relentless. Let us help you with that. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings, host of The Big Story, Canada's most interesting daily news podcast. Every day, we stop that news cycle in its tracks and examine one big story in depth. Something that matters to Canadians. You can find The Big Story every morning for free at Frequency Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Find your frequency.